Welcome to Acute Conversations, the official podcast of APTA Acute Care, where we share engaging conversations about acute care physical therapy so you can connect to your profession. I'm Ashley. And I'm Leo. Today we chat with Abby McGowan and Lindsay Ardiff. Abby is a current third-year DPT student, and Lindsay is a recent grad working in acute care. Today we discuss the upcoming town hall for students, job interviews, and travel recommendations. Let's welcome our guests. Welcome. Thank you, Abby and Lindsay, for being here today, joining us on Conversations. And why don't we start here with Abby? Give us a quick intro about who you are, where you're from, and uh, what you're currently doing in relation to physical therapy and acute care. As my name is Abby McGowan. I'm originally from Wilmington, Delaware, and I'm in my third year of DPT school at Duke University in North Carolina. And I'm in my first rotation, my first long rotation right now at the Salt Lake City VA. I'm actually doing outpatient ortho, and then I'll be in my QK rotation first. Fantastic. I heard your favorite teacher was uh, Ashley Poole, or co my co-host. Is that true? That, that, is, that is true. I can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I promise you, I'm, I will not threaten you to say that. <laughs> I did not feel threatened at all. No contact of Very nice. Yeah. Leo, you, you totally led her into that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I just said no. Right, right, right. We just edit that later. Lindsay, you're hailing from Northwestern, right? Over in our beautiful city of Chicago. Tell us a little, uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Lindsay Artis. And yes, I'm in Chicago at Northwestern Memorial Hospital right downtown. I graduated from PT school at Northwestern in 2020 in the spring. So right right during COVID. And I finally landed a job, finally, after a couple of months with a pandemic shutdown in an acute care setting. And I've been really, really happy with it since. But I'm not too far away from being a student. So I'm excited to talk a little bit about that transition and, and how that's going for me. I am originally from the East Coast, too, though, from Virginia, so I'm not too far from you. Oh, nice. Look at those East Coast gals here. <laughs> so that was a fun time to graduate from PT school, huh? Like right sure, in the height yeah. of COVID? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really, truly do feel like we luck, our class lucked out because my last clinical only got cut short by two weeks. And we were able to graduate and, you know, we had some fun employment for a few months. But it wasn't our fault. You know, there was a pandemic happening. It wasn't True. my fault. I couldn't get a job. And then, you know, eventually it all worked out for everyone. And I think that it being COVID, hospitals were the first to really figure things out and start hiring at a larger scale. And I think that's sort of why I ended up there. So I would love to hear from both of you. What got you interested in acute care to begin with? Like, why acute care? Okay. Yeah, for a little bit less experience. Go for um, it, Abby. Yeah, I had really no, I was not leading in acute care at all when I came into PT school. And I, my first short little rotation, I spent a week in the Duke MICU. And I think I really was drawn to it because I saw how the everyday things that I took for granted were just so much more amplified in acute care. And it just seemed so much more rewarding to me than any of the other specialties I had done some shadowing in. I was really just drawn into the teamwork, the attitude I had seen in that unit. And yeah, I've just been kind of kind of hooked since that, those first that first week rotation. Abby, can I ask you what what did you know about acute care before mm -hmm. you came into P school? Did you know that this section even existed? 
No. The most I had gotten was some, I had seen some inpatient rehab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even, I had no idea that people that critically ill were, were being moved and the skill that it took. Yeah, I had, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Really nothing. It was completely eye-opening, those, that first rotation. Knew nothing about acute care at all, really. So my, my second month of PT school, it was like, oh, okay. I what I want to do. <laughs> well, I have to give I have to give yeah. a shout out to Brett Corber and Grant Bitzinger because I yeah. know who your CIs were in that oh, yeah. ICU and kudos to them for making you love it and want to be a part of it. Yeah, because it was definitely very overwhelming. I mean, I was still I was taking anatomy and biomechanics, right? Like I didn't know anything about what what was going on with any of those patients. I could barely yeah. do a a transfer independently, right? You're like, like I you... could range their uh, knee and elbow yeah. and tell you how it's innervated. <laughs> yeah, that, that, about was, it. that was about it. But they did such a good job taking it step by step, never felt overwhelmed, like truly excellent clinical education. That I was very, very grateful to have. For That's school. amazing, like for a CI to be able to, to, to put you in that environment <laughs> right out of bat, out of school, into school, and then you not feel overwhelmed because it's probably one of the ICUs that has the sickest patients, you know, the most critical patients. So that's, that's impressive. That's awesome. How about you, Lindsay? Yeah. And I'll say going off of that too, I I had a clinical rotation. It was my third of four rotations in acute care and I wasn't sold on it at that time. You know, I I thought it was really hard (laughs) and it was challenging at my last clinical. I enjoyed a little bit more and I felt more confident at that point, maybe because of that preparation was actually in acute rehab. But when I graduated, I wasn't really sold on anything specifically. I love physical therapy and I, I really wanted to be a generalist and just learn as much as I could. And and I think in a hospital setting, like Abby said, it's very functional, it's very rewarding, you have great teamwork. You know, I interact with physicians and nursing, social work and so many different professions every day. And I every morning I'm Googling a new diagnosis or treatment intervention that I'm reading from a patient chart. And it really has satisfied that, you know, you're in for learning and just becoming a better overall clinician. I've been practicing more than 20 years and I still Google new diagnoses all the time. I'm like, wait, what's that? (laughs) Yeah. Now, Ashley, help me out with this because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember a lot of people used to say that when you're a new grad, you should go to acute care first to gain experience and then from there branch out to maybe outpatient or inpatient rehab or subacute. And then some people, they go to acute care because they take those recommendations and they just love it so much. But I don't know if, if, if that's what you remember hearing because I remember hearing people say that's a, it's a good starting point. And I don't know if Lindsay or Abby, if you had the same information or recommendations that were passed on to you to start off in acute care as a good beginning point I don't even know if that's still true. If that's really true, that's a good first job. And I don't know if it's different to go from outpatient to inpatient or inpatient, you know, or to acute. So let me open the floor that way. What do you think, Ashley? Well, I can tell you from my experience in clinical education, we didn't really recommend a particular order in which to do things. We really left it up to the students because I think there's different skills you can use in all settings. Absolutely. And I think if you go to acute care first, you're going to appreciate those patients and outpatient that have gone through that process and that continuum yes. of care. And I think if you go to outpatient first, you're going to gain some skills that you can use in acute care that you may not have been able to use in acute care otherwise. So we don't really recommend, although I will say a lot of students do it first to get it out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> true. 
I'm going to do my sports and my peds after that. <laughs> but we don't recommend a, a particular order. And in some ways, you know, if they want to do a residency or maybe work in acute care, sometimes I'll say, well, you know, do it last. Because if you think that's a place where you might want to work, like you'll have that connection, you know, and you'll be more experienced by the time you get there. So I think it can be whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say it, I feel like the guidance I received when just looking for my first job was more to avoid more home health or traveling where you're not going to have as much mentorship but as long as there's a place where you have mentorship that's a good place to be and you know hospitals are excellent places for that just like you said leo too and places where you can learn so Mm -hmm. i kind of agree with that any thoughts on that abby no i I think it's kind of coming from your clinical education team yeah that recommendation was it was never super Clear cut. I was kind of the opposite. I knew I didn't. I don't want to do outpatient ortho, so I'm in it first because I want to. Do it. <laughs> but every day, I'm I'm absolutely learning skills, and I'm like, I could see myself. I mean, everybody has a musculoskeletal system. Everybody is still in pain, and mm-hmm. going to use these skills absolutely in my next rotation, which is a benefit that I have learned from diversifying my my long term rotations. Yeah, I love how you put that. Every <laughs> patient has all the systems, right? Right. So we can use a lot of different skills in a lot of different areas. So true. Yeah, yeah. I will say I'm, I've been surprised with how much I am treating low back pain and vestibular mm-hmm. disorders in the acute care setting and how that yeah. is incredibly valuable for the medical team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So go ahead, go ahead, Ashley. Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask a little bit about, so Lindsay, I know you are involved in APTA acute care just a bit. So can you tell us a little bit about your role and what you've done with that so far since graduating? Yeah, fun, not not a ton. When I was in PT school, I really enjoyed being involved in the APTA, just attending CSN, the conference, and just feeling like I was kind of part of a bigger profession beyond just my, my school program and learning from the conferences and the different resources that were sent out. So when I first graduated was pursuing a job, I didn't really have the mental space to do much outside of my day-to-day and mm-hmm. my eight to, eight to four or whatever the, the hours are. And in the past year, I've kind of, you know, figured out what I'm doing. I really feel like a physical therapist now, and I, I have more space to think about other things and our profession at large. So I've been a member of the Academy of Acute Care PT for a while and just, you know, passively as, as a member, getting the emails and attending from talks at CSM, but recently I've been helping a little bit or just starting discussions about how to get students more involved in the academy. So I believe it's in January, and, and this, you might need to check online, but student membership for the Academy of Acute Care PT is going to be free. There used to be a fee. And it's true. I, you know, yeah. And so that's huge. I think that was a big barrier to a lot of students when I was in school. So with that being free and, and you know, we want to market it to students more and help them understand the value of involved in the academy. So, you know, we're just try- trying little by little to, to just let students know that it exists. Um, how, did you, how did you get connected to APTA Acute Care? Was there like an initial person that reached out to you? Did you reach out to them? Because I just want other students yeah. to know, like, if they want to connect and they want to get involved, like, how does that happen? How did it happen when to I'm, you? Yeah, one of my former professors got me connected and she knew during PT school that I was interested and involved. And then I've seen her a few times since and she was aware that I wanted to do a little bit more and get involved. So when she heard of an opportunity in a place where she felt like I could be helpful, she got me connected there. 
But I think honestly, if if you email anyone that you think on the website, it seems like they just really want anyone to be involved and to help out. So if you have the inkling, have any kind of interest, just shoot an email, maybe message on social media, and I'm sure there's something available. And Abby, I'm curious for you as a student, like what what do we need to do to get students more engaged and more connected to our association and specifically the Acute Care Academy? And you know, what are the barriers? I think Lindsay already mentioned one of them. It's like having the mental capacity to think of anything outside of surviving school. Yeah, I didn't even consider getting involved until that transition between the second and the third year when I had some downtime. So I kind of took like baby steps. Like I would this opportunity, I knew I wanted to get involved, reached out to Dr. Poole, my, my, one of my professors who I knew was involved in the academy and you connected me with some of the people. So yeah, I just, I found an opportunity that was just enough um, for me to feel like I was involved, but wasn't overwhelming and adding a, a large load to me. And I, so I think it's it's strong mentorship with professors that are involved in the academy and and knowing that you can be involved in any capacity. It can be, it can be as a very, very small, like you're attending the, the town hall, like that we have coming up or listening to some of the connecting to the, the newsletter, you know, like with the membership dues decreasing, like you get those emails, maybe you go to one of the talks. It, it can be in any capacity and knowing that that's available to students, you don't have to be all in, I think was helpful for me to kind of make that. Of, I don't, I don't need to do this all in. I'm getting through school and that's enough. And this is an interest of mine and I can engage in any capacity that I find. Yeah. Available. So it sounds like it was students out there hoping to connect, maybe go to a professor, right? Both of you got involved mm-hmm. through one of your professors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good to hear. Abby, I have a question for you. What advice would you give to, let's say a new brand new PT student, whether it's their like first semester or first year mm-hmm. that... It's somewhat interesting. They heard about, you know, acute care. They didn't know that it was a thing. And now they hear about it in like their intro to PT class. And they're somewhat curious. What, what advice would you give to them to kind of start demonstrating some initiative? What, what are things they can do? Because sometimes they feel as a brand new PT student, you're like, I'm just drowning, try to keep up. I don't know where to start. What advice would you have for those students? Yeah, absolutely. I think like events that ABTA acute care is hosting would be a great way. Cause I feel like you just seem to, you need to hear more and you need to hear from maybe different people that are in your institution. Just a, a breath of experience and a breath of information, I think, was the most helpful, really, as a, as a first year that had no idea, really. So I saw, I saw the MICU, but I was kind of interested to learn more. So I reached out and was able to do some shadowing in different units across the hospital system. I think it's just knowing that there are people that are really passionate about this career and are really interested in helping students, reaching out in any capacity to people you have at your in your program. But also, yeah, just looking at what the academy has on their website. Like there's there's always things being added. I found that pretty easily easy to navigate as a student. Um, yeah. And that was where I would start. We've created a pretty cool network with this podcast, which is great. And we have everyone's emails afterwards. So I, I think that's a great uh, opportunity. And Lindsay, what, what advice would you give to some of these new grads? Because you're in those shoes. Yeah. You were recently a student a couple of years ago. For those new grads or, you know, like that are new working into a QCAR or maybe a couple of years out that feel that, I wish I was a little bit more involved, but I don't know where to start. You know, what, what advice would you give to them? Or that transition also from student to clinician and clinician to 
seasoned clinician being a little bit more involved? Yeah, I think first of all, it, it's okay not to be involved yet. You know, if you if you do need to just take the time to just get through your job and feel confident doing that. You know, I think every, every day I would walk into work with anxiety. Just can I can I do this? Can I make the right decisions and, and be independent? But once you do feel ready, and it'll be pretty obvious. You know, you'll be not bored, but just wanting a little bit more, wanting a little bit of traction with kind of the greater profession. Just start small. You know, find something that really really piques your interest. Don't say yes to every little opportunity that comes to you. Be specific about it, and then make sure it's something you're really interested in. And then, yeah, just, just reach out to someone. Connections are huge, you know, going through the job search and everything. That's, that's another way that I've learned that. But reach out to the people that you already connected with or the people that you know are motivated to, you know, get you involved in these organizations. Like, you know, someone at the, at the Academy of, of Acute Care PT, there's email addresses all over the place. If you attend a talk, you know, those people are usually happy to hear from you afterwards and get you connected to something bigger. And now a quick announcement from APTA Acute Care. Do you know someone that is making a difference within acute care physical therapy? Did you know that APTA Acute Care has five annual awards to honor contributions to elevate acute care? The deadline for 2024 nominations is fast approaching, October 10th. Please check out our awards page to see what is involved in making a nomination. The Academy has five awards, the Mary Sinnott Award for Clinical Excellence in Acute Care, James Dunleavy Distinguished Service Award, Judy Euler Fellowship Award, the Lecture Award, and the Katherine Harris Educator Award. These awards are the highest honor APTA Acute Care can bestow in recognition of excellence and are awarded at CSM annually during the membership meeting. APTA Acute Care members, and in some instances non-members, are encouraged to nominate deserving individuals for these awards. To view the nomination forms and descriptions of award criteria and supporting documentation, visit the link below. Again, nominations are accepted until October 10th, 2023. And now, back to the show. Lindsay, you mentioned job search. I want to hear more about this. Can you tell us, and maybe students that are like like Abby that's like I want I want to look for a job in acute care when I'm finished can you tell us about your job search like what was that like I mean do you have any tips for people that are going to be graduating looking for a job in acute care yeah it's funny I'm I've recently gotten to the other side of it I've actually been interviewing for some positions at, at the hospital so seeing it from the other side has been cool but yeah you know my job search was unique seeing during COVID not a lot of places were hiring I just applied so many jobs. I ended up, I eventually I was applying in the home health and outpatient or so things that I really wasn't interested in. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, connections do help. So one of my professors gave me the email address to the manager of the rehab department at Northwestern. I think that really helped to have a personal connection and know that someone was already vouching for me. And then beyond that, just having a resume and, and really confidence in your experience as it relates to acute care. As a student, that's hard because you haven't had a job. Those people do have a leg up above you when you're going up against people with experience. But I have interviewed some, you know, new grads or recently new grads who have really taken their clinical uh, rotations as, you know, like work experience and they can really understand the clinical reasoning side of it. They seem really mature and professional. 
And that can really show in an interview, but also on their resume, you know, having those clinical rotations lifted out. Also, any involvement in APTA is huge. I think that was something I remember talking about a lot during my interviews and, and the rehab manager really liking that. Yeah. So anything else that you can put on there that shows that you are truly interested in the care, because I think we look for people who are passionate about this setting, not just doing it to like try it out, get some experience and move on to something else, but people who want to grow and develop and stick around for a long time. And there are a lot of little things that you can do to show that. I love that. APT acute care membership can help you get a job. Hey, students, come on over. (laughs) It's free to join and you might actually make money off of it, but in the way of a job. No, thank you. That's really helpful. Do you have like any tips or make sure you don't do this in your job interview for acute care? Like what, what's made other candidates stand out now that you've been on the other side of things? It's just a nor- <laughs> the normal interview stuff you shouldn't do. Be professional. Do the thing for the interview. I think being specific. So, you know, for most interviews, you should prepare. And you can expect a lot of the questions that are going to, that are going to be asked of you. And then come up with answers to those. Think of specific patient examples and specific situations. How you responded in those situations. So that you can paint a really good picture of, of how you're going to be as a coworker and a clinician in the setting. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I know when, you know, I was working in acute care and I still do from time to time, not as frequently, but I know one of the things that is really important is teamwork, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to know you're a team player, being flexible and adaptable, right? Because lots of times you have to go back to see your patient multiple Mm -hmm. times if they're in x-ray or, oh, they're going to surgery. And I feel like you have to really kind of ebb and flow through situations. And then I think also like no one wants drama, right? So like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't, don't show your dramatic side or make, or let them know that you're good at conflict resolution and problem solving, you know, on, on make it a positive thing. Yeah, those are good tips. Yeah, there's always going to be a question about, like, how do you communicate with a physician or how you respond to feedback? Something that, yeah, is it's very interdisciplinary and, and that's always there. There was actually something done on the APTA website for, I think, career development. I think, I don't know if it's new or not, but there's something about career development and things to do to prepare for an interview. So to those of you in the audience out there, if you are new grads and you're looking to interview, interview for a job, there is, if you Google that on the, or if you put that in the search engine on the APTA website, there is some career development information that can help you prepare for interviews and what to do, you know, in terms of setting up your resume. So I think that's, again, it's nice that there are things that are out there already and it's just a matter of uh, utilizing those things. Leo, look at you pulling out the yeah, resources. I love it. I love it. I remember an interview where, I don't know, I don't think the person maybe read through the whole job description, but when the, when the manager had asked them, cause they were looking for somebody in a cute kid that was going to be open to wound care. And so when they mentioned wound oh. care, you gotta, you have to, you have to keep your poker face on when you're with your patients and when you're talking to your managers. So once they mentioned wound, like her face just got this question of like, this position requires some wound care at least to be open to it. And so they ended up not hiring her because it just, it was not the right fit. And then she ended up finding a better, a better fit, but it is funny. So make sure that you read that job description. If there's wound care, watch, watch. Yeah. It. <laughs> so my, one of my job, my, my job interview actually at Duke Hospital. I remember my the manager who, in, who interviewed me and that's, that's partly how I got into cardiopulmonary because 
I, she offered the job to me and she said, do you want to work on the trauma floor or the cardio poem floor? And that was the turning point for me where I was like, you know, I want to do cardio poem. And here I am like <laughs> years and years later now, mm -hmm. that's my specialty. Mm -hmm. But one question she asked me and she said, she asked this of every single candidate and it was completely in left field. She says to every single person at the end of the interview, if you could not be a physical therapist, what other profession would you choose? Ooh. Right? Like, so like, that's not when you prepare for So you're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that because this is all I've thought about, you know? But so sometimes you got to be prepared to pull stuff out of your back pocket too that you can't prepare for. Absolutely. Most of all, be yourself though. Yes, <laughs> yes. One thing personality-wise, I, I feel with, with, with physical therapists too, just talking about managers. I remember a manager of mine, she, I had said, oh, there's, there's a patient in the ICU. They're critically ill. We don't know, you know, if they'll be able to participate in therapy. But the, the doctor put the, the consult in and said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll take it. She's like, you acute care therapist. Because she, she mostly had worked in like subacute. She's like, like the sicker they are, the worse they are. Like the more, like we kind of, we're drawn to that. Like we feel that we've got the skill set to be able to manage these problems. And we're not kind of deterred. As opposed to, you know, there's the people that I have worked with, there was just, as things get more and more complex, they're like, oh, I'd rather stay on the orthopedic floor where things might be a little bit more controlled as opposed to trauma or to the ICU. But I don't know, I think there's something personality-wise with our acute care therapists where it's like the more difficulty, that's, we see that as a challenge. Oh, yeah, we're like, bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a while ago, we haven't talked about it, but the town hall that's coming up, can you tell us about that? Like, what is this town hall? What's going to be happening? Like... Fill us in. Yeah, we will both be there, both Abby and myself. Abby will be moderating. Mm -hmm. And then myself and four other research grads will be on the panel. So it's mostly for students to be able to ask questions about a lot of these topics and more. How to prepare for clinical and acute care, how to transition from student to being an acute care PT. Should you do a residency or not? So we have some therapists on the panel covering different hospitals across the country with some different perspectives and different ways that they went about the job search and that transition. So hopefully it'll be helpful and another way to just get students involved. Very cool. Yeah, and then Abby, how really did you awesome. Abby, how did you catch the 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 title of moderator? How did that happen? <laughs> oh, actually, Leo, Leo, that's normally your job, isn't it? I know, it's usually me. I get a lot. I get well Leo, we need a moderator. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I opened my email in the box and it was, do you feel comfortable moderating? And I was like, yeah. I mean, it's a great opportunity. I'm really excited. Yeah. So that is that's that. the great thing about volunteering, right? It's like no experience required. Like I've never done this before, but if you're willing to like step up and try it, you, it's yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I felt in all these opportunities where I was, you know, they, it was an opportunity like, okay, we're looking for a moderator. Mm -hmm. uh, through APT Acute Care, the, the people that had set things up were always very supportive. I remember mm -hmm. one of our recent guests, Jim Smith, gave me gave me the baton to, to moderate for some of these continuing ed programs and it was it was great the amount of support and preparation that they set up so for the student town hall meeting it's the town hall students interested in acute care that's september 19 2023 8 p.m eastern time we'll include that in the show notes so fantastic and you have a number of different speakers here so that should be good yeah you want to say you want to shout out the speakers do you have the list leo I either? we have our guest today lindsay uh, Ardiff, we have Caroline Cruz, Sarah Fried, yeah. Nassini Baker, and Jessica Rodriguez. 
So we've got a number of different, and what's great is that they're coming from all over. We have speakers from Chicago, from California. Who else do we have here? From North Carolina. I was going to say, I was going to say, I've heard a Duke grad name in there. That's right. I know her. (laughs) That's another thing that's cool with with membership in the, with APTA Acute Care and in the sections, because before that, I felt Acute Care, my experience was just my small community hospital, right? And it was funny because I would come across these problems and I just went to this Lab Values Continuing Education course. And that's where I met Jamie Dyson, Tracy Norris, Kim Levenhagen. I know you had uh, a connection, Lindsay, with, with Kim Levenhagen not too long ago, and then James Tompkins. And then the stories that they were telling, like, oh, what, really? You can work with patients that are here, that are there, patients that are getting a transfusion. It was, it was so eye-opening that these are leaders in our field, and now I've got all these questions I can ask them. And so my network grew from here to here, right, mm-hmm. across the uh, the whole nation, I have people that, and now that, now that I have Ashley, that's another you know, person in terms of network that I can connect with, right? And so it's, it's, it's so cool how that network just kind of grows exponentially. And then I also feel that if you have that bug where you want to participate, there's plenty of opportunities. What's hard though is just how you hear about them. But if you're within the network, you get the emails. Like Abby had said that, you just open up an email. <laughs> yeah. And there's an opportunity. Well, come yeah. to the town hall. Like if you're listening and you are not sure if you want to get involved or you just want to know more about acute care, like come to the town hall. We, we really are encouraging that. But before we move to rapid response, I just want to switch gears for a minute. You both, sounds like love to travel in different ways. Mm-hmm. Abby, you have had like a whole national park experience tour. I want to hear more about that. And then, Lindsay, it sounds like you go abroad quite a bit. So tell us about your travels and how do you make time for this as a student and as a new grad working full time? Yeah, I always kind of grew up with my family. We would go around to national parks. And then I actually drove uh, from North Carolina to Salt Lake City and with my three best friends from college. (laughs) And we hit some parks along the way. Yeah. And I it's it's the most accessible, I think. You know, it's where I'm going up to Grand Teton and Yellowstone this weekend, actually. Oh, nice. um, I'm going to do some camping. And it's I'm, in a, I'm really lucky to be in a spot for this first rotation where there's just so many parts in the driving distance that have made that form of travel accessible. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very excited. Of, of all the national parks you've been to, do you have one you recommend to anybody? Like, you oh, have to go to this one? I really feel like Grand Teton and Yellowstone are going to change my list, but I have always really loved, let's say, Bryce Canyon. Mm. It, in southern Utah, it's not as crowded, but it just, it looks like you're on a different planet. Like, truly, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, Utah has some really incredible parks. Yeah. And then, Lindsay, how about your travels? Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just as Abby said, I think how you grow up and how you're traveling then really influences your behaviors as, as an adult. So my, my mom's from Ireland. And so when you visit your grandparents in another country, that makes the world feel pretty small. I will say in CT school, I had the opportunity to do a clinical in OBU. So the four-week rotation, which was really, really awesome. And it is kind of, it is kind of hard to make traveling work in while you're, you're thinking about your future student loans. But now, now that I'm working and getting paid, I've started traveling a little bit again to more difficult to work with a PTO system, but I do have a couple trips coming up. I'm going to Hawaii for the first time and here oh. for the first time. 
Latin. So I've been learning a little bit of French on Duolingo. If anyone uses that app, ah. we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Duolingo is the app? Duolingo. It's like you do a lesson a day and they have many languages and they're expanding even more. But oh, that's I, can, cool. I can say that I want like a croissant so far. That's so great. That's great. Leo, is it that time? I think it is that time. It's time for our rapid responses. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, like, we ask a question. Abby will give her a quick response. Lindsay gives her a quick response. Then we go to the next question. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So, we're going to go two minutes now. Yes. Let me get my timer. Do you guys, do you all know how this works? No, being so. Yeah. So, the way the rapid responses works is that we're going to ask you a question. And the first answer that pops up to your mind, just shout that out. We don't want you thinking, putting too much thought into it. Just the first thing that comes out, just blurt it out. All Sounds right. Cool. I got my timer ready. All right, Leah. Okay, Abby, ask... Abby, go first. Send me. Alphabetical <laughs> <laughs> order. Yeah, we'll go alphabetical order. <laughs> All right, Leah, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right, on your mark, set, go. Abby, what's your favorite toppings to put on a pizza? More cheese. More cheese. <laughs> cheese and more cheese. <laughs> All the vegetables. <laughs> very good. Awesome. That's nine, too. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. Morning. It's six, six, six. Abby. Oh, actually, yeah, we'll start with Abby. What's the best shoe to wear on a cute care? Hoka's. Uh, oh, I am really liking On Clouds. On Clouds. Okay. Lindsay? I love clothes. They're nursing shoes. They're like waterproof. You can wipe them with fleece wipes. Very comfortable. Very cool. Awesome. What's your favorite season? Summer. Fall. Maybe winter's now. Fall. <laughs> All right. Favorite or one of your favorite desserts? Oh, ice cream. Anything chocolate. Anything <laughs> chocolate. Okay. Those are my two. Tell me your favorite book. Oh. Oh, oh gosh. I'm going to go with childhood favorite, Percy Jackson. <laughs> awesome. We have some of those. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know. This one's really tough. When breath becomes air. Ah, yes. I mean, that's always my mind. I think that's about the neurosurgeon, right? That the yeah. App works. Yeah. Okay. Favorite way to exercise? Yoga. Yoga. Most recently, yoga, but I can really can't commit to anything. And <laughs> <laughs> going. Uh, to... <laughs> what TV show would you recommend for people to binge watch? Mm, I just finished watching Yellowstone. Mm. Okay. The awful. The office. Mm. That's a good one. If you had a theme song before you walked into a patient's room, what would your theme song be? Oh my gosh. Uh, the Man by Taylor Swift. All right. Good one. Something by Beyonce. We're all very motivated. <laughs> well, that was our two minutes. So we have to end with our final question, or not really question, more of a statement. You know, you work in acute care when fill in the blank. I'll say when your your feet are are almost numb at the end of the day. <laughs> I'll say, and, and this has happened to me many times. Uh, you're riding your bike to work, and I've also talked to other people who have had the same thing. Uh, you're riding your bike to work, and you're like imagining if I were to crash right now, if a car were to hit me, would they take me to my hospital or to their hospital? It's bad, but it's true. I think about it all the time. Oh my God. You know what? It is true because I live a half an hour away from the hospital where I work and there's 
probably three other hospitals closer to me. I'm like, don't take me there. <laughs> I'm going to, to, my husband knows too. If something happens to me, send me to Duke. Yeah. My, should I just wear my scrubs on my bike? Oh, I'm going to get sweaty. <laughs> nothing against the other hospitals at all. They're all amazing. It's just like, I'm comfortable there. I know people. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know it's great. You know, <laughs> that, that's exactly. true. I've never thought about that. We are very picky about where yep. we will get our own care. But that's funny because I bet there's some people out there that like, that would say, do not bring it to my hospital. I don't want to like, go to the one where I work. I don't want them there. I, I never go <laughs> over there. I know that that members in the ER do not send me over to that hospital. Send me, I'll wait a couple half a couple more minutes. We know I have a friend who's a nurse and she was like, don't send me to where I work. Yeah, you're so true. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you both for being on here today. This was really a pleasure. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you for having us. Where can people find you? Do you all have social media? Are there um, ways that people can contact you? If you have questions, for uh especially if they have them related to uh, acute care can i can give my email if and if there's any students that are kind of like want to chat some more absolutely yeah we'll okay. put your yeah. email in the show notes cool. yeah yeah no twitter handles or instagram or all these very bad media. about that <laughs> I, I know, I I know how to say them but i don't know what they are we're bad at that as pts i feel like there's some pts yeah. that are awesome at it but most of our guests have been like yeah. <laughs> I I tried really hard to get student when I was like starting to learn about APTA because everyone is super involved on social media. So I do have a Twitter. It's at Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, the DPT, but I'm not active on it very much, but maybe I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> or my email is great too. That's awesome. awesome. And okay. everyone who's listening, remember to come to the town hall if you want to hear more from these two ladies here. And, you know, I'm looking at the website right now. The cost is free. It's free for both Wait, members. Wait, can you say that again, Leo? It is free, <laughs> free. Oh, free. Okay. For members and non-members. So even if you're not a member, but you're a student and you're interested and you just want to kind of, maybe you want us to start off as a fly on the wall to hear the conversation. Absolutely. Please, you are welcome to please. But although I think you have to register first, so you can't just decide, you know, five minutes before. So register, it does help the, the people that are putting it all together, just kind of keep everything organized. So please register first online. Yep. So then- And even if you're not, if you're not sure if you're going to come or not, still register because, you know, you want to get the link at, at least. Yes, absolutely. Well, Lindsay, Abby, thanks again. Thanks for the conversation. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. We would like to thank Lindsay and Abby for joining us today. Acute Conversations is the official podcast of APT Acute Care. It is hosted by Leor Gillis and Ashley Cole. Executive produced by Katie Brito and Edward Mathis. Music by Alexia Action from Pixabay. Sound effects also from Pixabay. For more information about APT Acute Care, or to register for the upcoming town hall on September 19th, please be sure to check out our website, aptacutecare.org, and our show notes for more details. If you found value from our podcast, please be sure to subscribe, follow, and share with your friends and colleagues. Join us in two weeks for a conversation with Jamie Dyson. We talk about advocacy and his journey into leadership. Thank you for listening, and may your shoes and scrubs stay clean today. I have most pride me up. Yeah, like, Ashley, I think this is the first time on this. No. No, but not. Not the second or the third. Complete failure on my part.
<laughs> that's okay. You just roll with it. You just roll with it. I love it.